0: Good morning, friends. Aren't they incredible? I mean, thank you for, <clears throat> thank you for leading us in, in such a beautiful way, and thank you, Troy, for, for leading that in such a wonderful way. You know, even, I, I got to give him a little bit, even if he encourages us all to show up in bikinis, right? That, <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Now uh, it is it is such such a blessing to worship here, and we are so happy we can be together and and to worship the Lord together. I want also to uh, encourage every those of you who are there to. To uh, to truly participate as you are uh, are watching from wherever you are, uh, it is indeed a joy for us to be able to to enter your living rooms or your campers or your vacation homes or wherever uh, you might be, even maybe with the phone in the hand on the beach someplace. It is a blessing, and uh, just to know that we can be with you if you're homebound and you can't come, if you're far away and there's no way you can come. Uh, and if you're sitting there thinking, I wonder if I should have been there, come on. You can still make it, right? Just just get in the car uh, and come on. We'd love to see you here. It is, indeed, uh, it is indeed a special privilege to sit with God's people and see how God moves up and down these aisles. Uh, this is a special place. And we are grateful uh, that you participate in the way that you do. You know, we are in the midst of a, we're in the midst of, a, well, at the end, I guess, of a series on, on God's uh, invitation to his banquet. Jesus compares the kingdom of God with a wedding banquet and he does that in several parables and and he we have gone through some of these we began with, with the invitation that went out to everybody with an RSVP on it we talked then about how some would would come in wanted to come in but still wanted kind of to to just kind of borrow uh, the entrance pass if you will from someone else and they found themselves remaining uh, outside and and then uh, last uh Last time, uh, last Sunday, we, we gathered around the table and looked at the, the seating at the table. And so today we're going to look a little bit on, on how to dress for the banquet. It truly is possible, friends, to, to be in the banquet hall without truly experiencing the joy and the banquet in your own heart. And, and in your own uh, life. And so we want to see what, what Scripture uh, is doing on that. And if you have your Bibles, uh, I'll speak a little bit first before we get to the text, but you can begin to look for it now in Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. You know, culture uh, speaks about who we are and who we are together in so many ways, right? Everything we do sends messages about who we are and the image that we want to project, if you will. And, and so different cultures do it in different ways. And, and so it is. And even clothing, even the way we dress sends several kinds of messages and, and it is different from culture to culture there are certain things you can see automatically with that you see some people that, that dress like a native culture and they're from a very different place and you know instantaneously that this person is likely from India or this person is likely from from Africa by the way they dress if they dress uh, like they do that and in subcultures here it's almost an unspoken rule also if if you belong to a group of punkers a certain rule. You can Google that. How to dress if you're a punker, right? Or how to dress if you're a rocker. Or how to dress if you're a hipster. How to dress if you're a hippie and, and all and on. And we, we know that is so. And it sends different messages. It communicates a certain kind of conviction. This is how I want to be seen and no Communication has to do with relationships. And so how do we live together as people? And how do we see this is what really guides my convictions and my life? And so that is true also with the Christian culture. Imaging is so important these days. We say we see it everywhere, right? But for the Christian, the most important thing is, is not the external kind of projections of that. The clothing that is talked about in Scripture and, and the imaging that we are interested in, the communication that we want to send through our clothing, if you will, is that inner clothing. And so that imaging that comes from us clearly being born and reborn, recreated, if you will, in the image of God through faith. And so... With that said, you know, we come to this, this text that speaks so clearly. And Paul has just finished up early in chapter 3 talking about putting off. He's now going to talk about putting on. And he's going to describe that clothing uh, that is that is characteristic uh, for the Christian. What will bring us not just into the banquet hall, but make us true participant? Of the banquet itself. And you know. If you want to keep it on the external. You know how that is sometimes. When you get a true invitation. It says RSVP. But also it says dress colon. White tie. Black tie. Formal. Whatever it says. Yes. That's not what this is about. This is not something you take on. For a special occasion. This is about the clothing. That is fitting. For the banquet. That God calls. And so here it is, therefore, chapter 3, verse 12 in Colossians. Therefore, because of what he's just said about putting off and putting on. As God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on and clothe yourselves. That's the word right there, actually. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, Bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a grievance against another. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are able also to forgive. Above all, put on love, which is a perfect bond of unity. And let the peace of Christ, to which you were also called in the body, in one body, rule in your heart. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Friends, this is a powerful powerful text on what we had just talked about, if if you look at it, right? So the question is, what does this clothing look like? Why is Paul going all out talking about this? this is it not enough to say, get rid of these things, get on with these things? He's he's dressing it up, that like this is important, I'm going to detail it out for you so that you get it. And so he speaks to us about the motivation. Why should we do that? Speak to us about what it looks like. And then he speaks to us what the results will be from participating in that kind of banquet from God that is participation in his, in his kingdom. And the first thing he says, and, and I want you to see that some of this get, gets kind of uh, convoluted in the way we translate some of this into English, right? But as God's chosen holy ones, clothe yourself this way. Now what does it mean when he begins here, God's chosen ones? That is significant to dwell on for just a moment. It's part of that motivation. Why should I dress like this? Because you're invited. Now why are you invited? Let me tell you. God looks at you, and he wants you to be a part. You are significant. You matter. Your life has value for God. And because it has value for God, it has value for all his people. You matter to God. Now a few things need to be said related to to uh this whole issue of, of election and, and and uh and being Chosen, so to speak, because it has been so warped in so many ways in, in the uh, current somewhat uh, of, of Christian discussions. What the emphasis is here is that God wants you to be part of His family. He's the one who is inviting you in. You are not inviting yourself in. You're not seeking God just so that you are the one who's responsible to finding it. He has invited you and he wants you to find him. That whole issue uh, that is going on here has to do with the privilege and it begins all the way back. If you go back to the beginnings of Scripture, Deuteronomy, the fifth book in the Bible, if you will, uh, you will see right here, he says, the Lord has his heart set on you and he chose you not because you are more numerous than all peoples, For you were fewer than all people, but because the Lord loved you and he kept an oath he swore to your fathers and he brought you out with his strong hand and redeemed you from that place of slavery. Please don't mishear this. God has from the beginning known what was going on, friends, before the foundation of the world. He was not going, oops, I had not imagined that Adam and Eve would rebel against me. He's not going, oops, I didn't know that. So he had already chosen the people that were to be light and salt of the earth, explaining and expressing to the whole world who he is and then it's not like he went oops they're not really fulfilling what I called them to do I better come up with a plan B so let me think up the church no that was always plan A as we see also in Ephesians Right from the beginning before the foundation of the world God has decided that there's going to be a people of all nations of all, all uh, races and all places on this globe part of his creation who will be His people. Not because they've earned it, not because they're better than themselves, uh, uh, better than anyone else, but because He loved them. So He called the people, and you become part of that people whose destiny was set before the foundation of the world. How do you become part of that people? Through faith in Christ. Yes? Are we getting this? That's the prayer. It takes that you turn to him in faith and you become a part of that people whose destiny he has given before even anything began it's a strong kind of uh, privilege to be part of that. And he goes on describing that also with, with another word that has sometimes uh, been been misunderstood, the word holy. We have a tendency to think of holy as as this list. How do I become holy? Well, I need to do these 17 things or 117 things, whatever it might be. And we make up that list. That was never the point. The Greek, I mean, the Hebrew word that describes God is the word kadosh. Can you say kadosh? You can say it better than that. Kadosh. There you go. That's an adjective. It is a word that describes God. Are we getting this? Sorry if this turns into a Bible study. Take good notes. Take good notes, right? But really, this is why, why this is so important. We sometimes hear that word being described and it means that you're set apart and you're separated from and so that you are for God. That's kind of a back way of talking about it. Only God is holy. He defines something, what does it mean to be holy? Study God. That's what that means to be holy. So how do you become holy? By belonging to God. Here's how the Bible expresses that. You have a bowl, a regular bowl, and you dedicate it to God, it becomes a holy bowl. Now you have a table, regular table, you dedicate it for God's use and it becomes a holy table. You have all kinds of books and libraries in the world but you have one that is from God and it becomes a holy Bible, right? There's spirits around but there's one that, in particular is God's spirit and it is a Holy Spirit. Are we getting this? Right? I can go on. So there all kinds of rollers in the world. And some we dedicate to God. They become. That was a bad joke. <laughs> some of you would get it. They become what? Holy rollers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you belong to God. If you want a more kind of a mundane example of that. Think of, of your spouse. I'm, I don't, people say, oh, you're married to Lisa of what does that mean? That means I'm separated from all other, that's not how I define it. Now, that is a result of it, obviously, yes. But I define it by saying, I belong to her. She belongs to me. And as a consequence of that, of course, there are certain other things that can happen, yes? So, So that's what he's saying. That, that because you are invited, you are part of that, you are belong to me. You are my holy ones. And then of course, you're also my beloved ones. And I need to make sure I don't go, go too long. I, I really, I uh, think that we're going to do this a little bit different today. More like a Bible study almost. But look at what is going on here with, when he calls us the beloved ones. So many in this world, of course, feel that they are not loved. But, but it goes deeper than that, friends. It's, again, this relational stuff. I remember growing up, I was blessed with it. With a family that 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 took their our, our walk with each other and our walk with God very seriously, so I felt listened to. I felt cared for. They would discuss with me and and they would kind of guide me through that kind of thing. And so uh, I never felt that I was just told to follow rules. And if I did something wrong, I broke a rule. I always felt like if I did something that was not part of it, I broke their trust. It was. Uh, of all the things that happen now you grow up you know you do things that your parents don't like and sometimes you know it costs you a little bit right but you know you get over that the one thing I remember is one time I messed up a bit it wasn't all that bad but it was enough where my mom looked at me dad got upset mom looked at me and she said Brevin I thought I could trust you that Tore me up. Enough where I still remember that. Decades and decades later. That's what happens when we're invited like this. When we rebel against God, it breaks the Father's heart. And then he begins to describe that That clothing. And it does that with a series of words, and we can't uh, do justice to all of them, but, but some of them are important. And just look at it. This is a description of the clothe yourself, therefore, in these things. And it begins with the word compassion. In Hebrew, that word compassion really means literally to live under someone else's skin. To feel what she feels, if you will. To, to to sense what they are going through. Walk a mile in someone else's shoe would be a more common expression these days. To be eager rather than to criticize, to be eager to help. Are we getting this? I hope we do. It is a softening of this. And the word compassion itself, right? The word passion means emotion. And come, that prefix in English. Those of you English teachers will know that, right? It, it means with. So you, you, you're emotional with. You're suffer with you understand with the the Danish word is even stronger it takes the word chest and the word heart and put it together and make a new noun that speaks about being merciful and it really carries that notion of a mother that carries her child under her chest by her heart yes there's a different way of seeing And understanding people. That's the kind of attitude that is there when you look at that. The next word is the word kindness or goodness. And it's an interesting word here. Part of that clothing, the the Greek word is krestos. Not that that you need to remember all these words that that I'm saying it, but this word is so particularly interesting because it is almost the same word as Christos, which means Christ. And in fact, in some ancient writings, that's what they called Christos, they called them, the kind one, the good one. That's part of that clothing. It speaks to grace in action. Particular actions that reveal that we have met grace. The actions of mercy, if you will. It is to be eager to show that we want to see God's grace in someone else's life. And it stands as a contrast to what he just told us to put off in the verses we didn't read earlier, just previous to this. Where he said, put off anger and irritation and wrath and all that. What does that do? That cuts people off. They're not going to listen to you if that's how you meet them. But if you meet them with kindness, it opens the door. And that's what God is doing to us, is it not? Yes? Yes. He opens the door by listening to us, by taking us in, and by allowing us to be guided through his kind and gracious hand. That's the clothing that belongs to those who want to experience the feast and the joy of his party. All right, the next word is humility and as describing that, that clothing, right? Just think of it if you want to, if you're more concrete and materialistic in your thinking, just say, well, he's talking about the whole clothing, right? There's this and that, this and that, this and this, this. This part here is humility. And we talked about that last time, so I don't want to get into that. If you didn't have a chance to hear the sermon last Sunday, I I, I beg you to go back and, and listen to it online. You see, we went into depth with what is here about this. This is not about thinking small about yourself, but thinking great about God. This isn't about knowing your place in connection to God. It's somewhat what Jesus does, even in the garden, when He says, "It's not my will, but Yours, O Lord." To to not get to dwell on that. Can I say a word also about another piece of that that? that that dress code, the inner dress code for the party when he talks about gentleness. That's a majestic word. We know what it means on the surface. Just We kind of have an intuition of what the word to be gentle means. But really, it's a word that is used in so many contexts. It's used about wind. It's used about medicine. It is is used in in so many different kinds of ways, even about a horse. And if you think about that a little bit, it's really power under control. You know, wind can be destructive when it's uncontrolled. Storms come raging and tearing everything down. But when it's controlled, it becomes a fresh breeze on a hot summer day, yes? And it brings new life and new vigor. Or, or think about medicine, right? That can be really good, but it, it is used in the wrong way or overdoses or whatever. But if it's under control, it brings healing and goodness. Just like we sang about earlier. Or, or think, about, think about a horse that can be wild and untamed, but when it's under control, it becomes one of the most gentle, gracious animals that will even carry you to where you need to go. So part of that is our clothing is, is gentleness. So again, patience, the next thing. And we're just about done with, with the description of, of the clothing here. That, that word uh, here for, for patience that follow that. It's not that you have all the time in the world to waste. So I can be patient if I have nothing else to do. That's not what this is about. This is more about keeping the right attitude even when someone else is trying to waste your time, yes? This is what happens with God. You know, it's a slowness to your temperament, a slowness to anger, right? A, A slowness to... To irritation. Just think about it. It goes directly with the next phrase. With bearing with one another. What has God done with you? Again and again. Did we sing that? Again and again. Again and again. He will be there. We run to him, but he runs to us. Again again. And again, right? If some of you know older songs better, right? And so you will know that the one is called over and over again and again. God is faithful. Over and over again. Bear with one another. Learn from God. That leads us exactly if you see the description of that clothing to that word forgiveness. Forgiveness. And that ties in so beautifully because forgiveness is directly and dynamically related to your experience of your own being forgiven. If you think I don't need to be forgiven for much, then you don't have a very easy time forgiving others, right? When you experience yourself so, as gloriously and undeservedly forgiven by God... That he sees you in a different way. And he still forgives you. Then there's all kinds of ways that you need to realize that you can forgive others. Yes. When you see in your own heart that I find it difficult to forgive others that are doing wrong. Well, go back and look at your relationship with God. Because above it all is love. It's not part of the clothing, it's more like the, the thread that sews it all together, if you will. Do You see that in First Corinthians 13 where Paul lists out all these kinds of things that are going on. Even if I could speak with tongues like an angel. If you have no love, you're nothing but a ganging whatever, right? Just a clanging symbol. Love is that thread. That sews it all together that becomes this beautiful whole dress. Internal, ready. That's what you look like when you want to experience the party. So he's just giving you this, right? Giving you the motivation. You are, you are invited because you are chosen and holy and loved. And now he's described the whole dress for you if you will this is the dress you put on if you want to truly participate in that banquet you're involved in and you're invited to and so here comes this is what it looks like that party the first the first is the experience of peace notice that this is what it looks like when you look at it Right. the first part of that is the experience of God's peace Peace will rule. It will not just be a haphazard kind of feeling every so often. That will rule. In fact, the word is so strong the way it's written in the original language. It says, peace shall become the ruling factor in your life. Peace is the judge, if you will. How how do you know that you, you are part of the party in the best way possible, well, peace reigns in your life. We won't have time to get into that now, and we might find another Sunday to do that. I don't know. But if you are are looking, how do I find God's will in my life? One of the leading stars, if you will, one of the guiding stars is peace. I know the peace of God that's how you know that you are in his will his peace will reign in your heart and then of course when that happens praise will flow from your lips did we just sing that there's joy in the house of the Lord right? joy flows from a peaceful heart that's where that is just think about it for a moment Why is Paul, I always wondered about this. Why is Paul spending this kind of time explaining how these songs and hymns are coming about? He does so because he wants us to see it in the light and the right way. Look at this here. Let the word of God dwell richly among you in all wisdom teaching. The word dwells richly among you, and that is true in your own life, and even more so among us. That becomes the natural sounding board for how praise flows, friends. Yes? It gives structure to the singing. It gives, it gives meaning to the singing. It gives everything. Baptists had known that since the beginning. Well, who were the first to really do all A Sunday school? It was Baptists. Why? Because we saw that when the Word of God dwells richly among you, praise will flow. That's the beginning point. Everyone can sing a song if they have lips or vocal cords and know the tune. That is not the issue. But for it to be praise, it comes. From the word of God that richly dwells in your heart. Don't miss that. Paul is so very, very clear on that. Think about it. One day it says. All weapons shall be melted down and turned into plowshares. And we're going to stand with God. And what happens? We will praise him. All together as one in his presence. You know, the point is, sing from the heart, yes? It's not about, we get, we get all out of shape around, and that's the global thing, right, about the tunes that we use, yes? But I promise you, they'll be different. When I moved to the U.S. many decades ago, now, I guess, right? I had to learn the new tunes. I just didn't know them. I grew up with other tunes. If you have ever been on mission trips in other places on on the globe, you know they use different tunes. But what I did find is whether I'm in India or some other place in Asia or in South America or in Africa or in America or in Europe, it does not matter about the tune and recognize the lyrics, yes? They may be shaped differently. They may be told differently. But they all talk about the words of God. Yes. And that's where we see it flows from that rich presence of God's word. So much can be said. and, And I need to be careful not to get long winded on this. But this really matters, friends. Imagine a place where everybody eagers, is that a verb, eagers, can I say that? Everyone are eager to know God's word, to share God's word, where it dwells richly among us. And from that, when we sing from the heart what comes out, God's word that dwells in our heart comes out. And there are three different things that are mentioned here with that, and and I don't have time to get into that, but just simply mention when he says Psalms, he's talking about the the, the hymnals that are 150 of them in the Bible, what we call the Psalms. It speaks about the great acts of God in history, and and many new kind of songs are, are coming back to kind of reworking the old Psalms. Then the hymns, they speak about, God, they're addressed directly to God. That's a reference right here. We we know it from from the great doxology, right? And, and you know, there's there's no me in there. Right? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise God. It's just about God. It's not about me. I'll do this. I will, it's just about Him. Lots of hymns like that. Crown of many crowns, mighty for the great hymns of faith are that way. And then the spiritual songs. They talk about how. The truth of God plays out in our lives. That's what the spiritual songs are talking about. And it's gone through all the time from the beginning of the church. Songs that expresses biblical truth. So we're kind of in a thumbnail sketch, you can say the hymns addresses God. And, and the spiritual songs will address us. How we address one another as we walk with him. So our song, friends, is not a matter of presentation. It's about a matter of demonstration of God's grace. Don't miss this, right? I want you to see that, that Paul writes almost the same thing uh, in, in the book of, of, the letter he wrote to the Ephesian church where he says, right, be filled With the spirit. And then talk to one another. With hymns and songs. And spiritual songs. Hymns and psalms and spiritual songs. The Same thing. So how do you know? How do you know? If someone is filled. By the spirit. How do you know? If the word of God dwells richly. Within you. And among you. You know it because it becomes evident through your dress code, your inner dress code, right? These things come out. That's it. It flows from there into praise and into song. So I want to say to you, friends, let's get dressed up on the inside. You say that? Are you following me? Some of you are, are there. Let me, let me just say... If God is speaking to you, and He might be, He really might be. I hope He's speaking to lots of us about how this is important this is. We can't go on just kind of play whatever, right? We have to be serious and say, "Hey, God, I want this to flow." If people look at me, they need to see the image of God, and that's what comes out in that way. You know, I had a friend in Houston, and I'm going to speak to you, those of you who are who are watching. I had a good friend in Houston who just a few Sundays ago, a pastor in Houston, uh, we're having a big baptismal service. They're baptizing 36 people or something like that. It's a big event. And so he invited people, also those who listen, like you, to say, if God has spoken to you, come on down. You want to give your life to Christ, you can be baptized as well. Before the Sunday was over, they baptized 70 people. So if you're there, just come on. And if we have left the sanctuary, the staff will still be here. Just get in the car, come down. We'd love to pray with you. You can meet Christ as your living Savior. You can know what that means to have that life change, the chains of clothing. Put off this other stuff. Put on this kind of stuff. Let's stand, friends, and some of you the same way. I mean, we, I know we're not all that accustomed to in this church to come forward and say, I just need to talk to God right now. This is an event where we gather to talk to God and to hear him talk to us. So spend this moment, friends. Come on forward here as we sing and we pray. Some of you will need prayer. You may want to grab a hand of of a friend or you may just kneel where you are. I'm not saying that the only place we can pray is right here. But let God work through you and in you.